and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the greeting that Paul used to greet the Philippian church and it's the greeting I'm using today. I hope that you've enjoyed our journey through the book of Philippians as much as I have and I'm excited to dig even deeper into our passage this morning. So please follow along as I read from Philippians 3, 1 through 11. Finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is not troublesome to me, and for you it is a safeguard. Beware of the dogs, beware of the evil workers, beware of those who mutilate the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, who worship in the Spirit of God, and boast in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Even though I too have reason for confidence in the flesh, if anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. The word of the Lord. This morning, I want us to zero in on Paul's encouragement at the beginning of this passage to rejoice in the Lord. And then Paul's beautiful demonstration of what I think that joy looks like in verse 8, when he says, More than that, I regard as loss everything because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. I'm amazed that Paul's life illustrates the reality of joy rooted not in one's circumstance or status but in Christ. Paul's joy is not empty or shallow. The content of his joy is knowing Jesus Christ his Lord. In the face of bitter partisan divides that we are facing, great losses because of COVID, and our own deep personal griefs, Paul's encouragement to rejoice in the Lord can at first, to some of us, seem a little bit tone deaf. Does Paul really want me to put a smile on after the passing of a loved one? 
Or am I really supposed to rejoice even while I am witnessing contempt and hatred between Christians of differing political parties? Honestly, even though at first I thought the encouragement to rejoice in the Lord could be tone deaf, I actually think it is more appropriate than ever. It's not only appropriate, it's desperately needed for our time. We do have reason to rejoice because of our life in Christ. Not because of who we are or what we've done or our present circumstance, but because of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ our Lord. So I'm going to echo Paul's encouragement for all of us. Finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Out of this passage arises many reasons for us to rejoice in our life in Christ. But I have chosen only three for us to focus on this morning. First, we can rejoice because we don't have to have confidence in the flesh. For Paul, having confidence in the flesh meant having confidence in the value of circumcision. Now, circumcision goes all the way back to the book of Genesis, when the covenant was started between Abraham and God, and circum circumcision was the sign of that covenant. But now, Paul is saying that we are the circumcision that we, both Jews and Gentiles, the community of God who is worshiping God in the Spirit, is the circumcision. Now this community is the sign of the everlasting covenant between God and Abraham. So this is a radical shift and a radical change that Paul no longer needs to have confidence in the sign of the flesh. But now he can have confidence that we are circumcised through the Spirit, that our hearts are being changed through God's Spirit. And also, Paul used to think that he had to have confidence in the flesh when it came to his status and his achievements. And so you see that he talks about being a Hebrew of Hebrews, uh, a member of the tribe of Benjamin. Someone who kept the law perfectly, blamelessly. And so Paul felt that confidence in the flesh had to do with what, where he was born, what his status was, what his achievements were for observance of the Torah. But now we see Paul saying that he doesn't need to have confidence in the flesh anymore that these status symbols of identity, whether it's ethnic identity or national identity or achievements under the law, he counts them all as loss. These former gains are now losses in Paul's eyes. If we are not discerning, I think we too could put confidence in the flesh, gaining the world but not Christ. What are ways that you or I put confidence in the flesh? Is there a certain status that you were born with, that you take pride in, 
and hold on to maybe too tightly, especially if that status gives you an advantage? Are there achievements that you pour all your energy into and that form the bedrock of your identity? Or are there organizations or societies that you give all your zeal to, wanting their approval? Would you be willing to regard any of these advantages, identity markers, or achievements as loss because of Christ? Paul was able to, and he was able to gladly and joyfully. There is actually joy in that in Christ, we don't need to put our confidence in our national, religious, or ethnic status or achievements. We can put our confidence in Christ. The second reason we can rejoice in our life in Christ is because of what Paul so radically declares in verse 8. He says, More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. What an incredible statement. And that rings so true for the Apostle Paul. Here is someone who has given up everything to follow Christ. Paul first came to know Christ on the road to Damascus. And this is what is recorded in Acts 9. Now as he was going along and approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? The reply came, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. This was just the beginning of Paul knowing Christ. And we see that Paul's encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus changed everything about him. He went from being a zealous persecutor of the church and observer of the law to the most passionate evangelist, church planter, and light to the Gentiles that the world had ever seen. I'm reading through 1 Corinthians with my small group, and Paul's deep faith is evident on every page. And he keeps talking about Christ crucified being the firm foundation, the only foundation in which we can build our lives upon and in which we can build our communal life upon. And then I think of Paul's love so evident in Philippians 2, this poem about having the same mind of Christ Jesus. And then at the end how he says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It makes me think of the parables in the Gospel of Matthew, the parable about the pearl of great price. Matthew 13, verse 45, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, on finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Paul is certainly like the man in this parable, giving up everything for Jesus, the pearl of great price.
Do you resonate with Paul's words? I count everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. When did you first come to know Jesus Christ more deeply and intimately? How did that happen for you? What does knowing Christ look like and feel like? And how did it change your life? What did you gain? What did you lose? For me, I came to know Jesus Christ in middle school through the faithfulness of my youth pastor and grandparents and small group leaders. They taught me who Jesus is and invited me to encounter him through reading the Gospels, through loving relationships with my peers, and through serving on the margins. Even as a 12-year-old, I was captivated by the way that Jesus chose to live his life on earth, a life of radical obedience to his Father, and a life of costly love and compassion. I found Jesus to be such an intriguing person who creatively resisted the patterns of violence, selfishness, and injustice, which were all too common in even the sheltered Orange County that I had grown up in. When my youth pastor communicated that I was invited to be in a relationship with this intriguing man called Jesus, I couldn't say no. I could barely believe in the goodness of the God that I got to follow. A, my God who loves the poor, who came to save sinners, and who wants to restore what is broken in our world. The gospel was truly the best news I had ever heard, and it changed everything about my life. I gained a new life of meaning purpose and hope, and I continue to rejoice in this reality. I think that rehearsing and proclaiming the value we find in Christ Jesus is one way we can encourage one another in joy and in our faith. When we come together each Sunday as a church, we get to proclaim the surpassing value of knowing Christ. And the same goes when we serve and love our neighbors, or when we extend or receive forgiveness, or when we experience hospitality at the hands and loving arms of another believer, or when God's Spirit brings freedom and casts out fear, or when God's hands bring healing and restoration and wholeness. All of these things contribute to us knowing the surpassing value of our Lord Jesus Christ. The third reason we can rejoice in our life in Christ is because Paul calls Christ Jesus my Lord. And we get to call Christ Jesus our Lord too. Why does it matter that we get to call Jesus Lord? Well, it matters because we learn back in Philippians 2 that God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave 
Jesus, the name that is above every name. The name that is above every name in the Jewish mind is Yahweh. And so if Jesus is given the name that is above every name, he is given the name Yahweh, which in English is translated as Lord. So Jesus is given the name Lord, which means that God has given Jesus his very name. And so when we say, my Lord, it takes on an even, an even deeper meaning and significance. And even more radical, or equally radical, for Paul's Greek and Gentile listeners, Paul saying, Jesus, my Lord, would be especially important in Philippi. Because Philippi was a colony of the Roman Emperor. And that meant that they were Roman citizens. So by claiming that Jesus is my Lord, Paul is directly challenging the cult of, C of Caesar, which celebrated Caesar the Roman Emperor as Lord and Savior. As my seminary class often said, if Jesus is Lord, Caesar is not. So by saying, Christ Jesus my Lord, Paul is claiming allegiance not to the Emperor, but to his Lord Jesus Christ. We can rejoice when we say, Christ Jesus my Lord, because it means that we are living in the reality of a kingdom where Jesus is King and Lord over all. When we face the political turmoil of our day and age, we can stand strong and even joyfully in our allegiance to our Lord Jesus Christ, confident that no man or woman has the power to save and redeem us. Because Jesus is Lord, we get to live in a kingdom characterized by love for enemies, peacemaking, hospitality, healing, forgiveness, and power displayed through suffering on the cross. And even though we still await the full arrival of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, we know that his kingdom is here and it has begun in earnest through the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in the midst of COVID, racial unrest, a rancorous election, and our own grief and losses, we still can rejoice in the Lord, not because of our circumstances, but because of who Christ is and the surpassing value of knowing him, truly knowing him. These are not easy words to say or to live out, but as the church, that is our high calling to make the joy of knowing Christ an alternative reality that we cling to at all costs counting everything else as loss. Amen. Thank you for listening. 
If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.